0: You can email back and forth, you can text with them, all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com and before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to get a couple of pieces of business out of the way. Number one, I sell books. You can find my books at dadstartingover.com slash books. The books include my bestseller, The Dead Bedroom Fix. My second book is called Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity, Breakup, and Divorce. And my third and final book is called Red Flags. You can buy these all directly from my website and download directly from my website, or you can go to any of the major retailers. Second piece of business is that I have a members-only part of my website called the DSO Fraternity. With the DSO Fraternity, you have access to all of my books in PDF and audio format. You also get access to members-only articles and audio, and you are free to discuss those articles with fellow members on the website. And we also have DSO Fraternity live meetings via Zoom. In these live meetings, you are free to share your story and listen to advice from others. And on occasion, we will have a special guest, such as author Dr. Robert Glover of No More Mr. Nice Guy. So please check out the DSO fraternity at dadstartingover.com join. Thank you so much, and on to the episode. A woman recently posted a very candid and honest story on the divorce section of the super popular website called Reddit. In the post, she outlines the conditions that led to her questioning her marriage and eventually having an affair. This coherent chronological breakdown gives us a rare and unfiltered look at what goes on in the mind of a cheating spouse. I thought it would be interesting to break her story down into pieces and give my thoughts as the story unfolds. Quote, In my case, there was no abuse. We were together for eight years. That was mostly good, and we have four kids. Right around five years, I got a promotion at work, and I got in my head that my ex-husband was dragging me down or at least holding me back for more success and a better life. We never had a lot of money, but with my promotion, I was now making more money than he was, unquote. I can't tell you how many times I have heard this scenario. There is a reason that she started her story with the job promotion. That was what we call the switch. So many infidelity stories start with some switch that breaks down the cheater's boundaries and gets the cheating machine whirring along. For many women the simple act of making more money than her spouse starts that process well why because her respect for her spouse just took a major hit she wants to look up to him she wants to brag on him she wants to be able to see him as the super lover provider combination that every woman dreams about since he's a husband and a dad his lover qualities probably went out the window long ago so he was a provider and now he's not what's he left with Nothing, other than an angry wife who grows resentful. There is a phenomenon known as hypergamy that you may have heard of. The term refers to the trend of women marrying across or up their social food chain. Women CEOs tend to not marry garbage men, in other words. That tends to not be the case with men. The male CEO will gladly marry his secretary, a schoolteacher, or a cashier. Before everyone writes me with, Nuh-uh, I'm a stay-at-home dad and my wife is a doctor and we've been married for millions of years. Well, great. That's awesome. I wish you were the norm, but unfortunately you're not. You are what we call an outlier. So back to the story. Quote, I started working longer hours, and at the same time his hours were cut so he was at home more. I really began to resent him because he was home and because he got to spend time with our kids. Most nights when I got home, they were already getting ready for bed, if not already sleeping. After a few months of my new job, it was clear to me that things were not going well at home without me there. Some nights the dishes weren't done, and when I got home, or the kids hadn't eaten, or whatever else I could think of to be mad at him about. It really didn't matter. He kept saying that he would try harder, but that it was hard being home all the time. That always made me really mad." She's jealous. She's angry. She is not happy being Mrs. Breadwinner. It creates a great deal of resentment in her. This is not what she envisioned when she wanted to get married. She points out that the house is not clean enough, but the truth is there's nothing he could do to make her happy in this situation. Absolutely nothing. It's basically over at this point. To quote, For the next couple of years, things started getting worse. My hours weren't any shorter, and his were on and off full time. There was no convenient time for for him to be working full time because of my hours, but we also needed the money. Whenever he would tell me that he could get extra hours, I would always complain, and the less hours he worked, the more I complained that he wasn't bringing in enough money. Whenever he brought up the contradiction, I would tell him that he needed to figure it out. I knew it would bother him, so I started saying that a lot, and for everything that I could. Unquote. Here is where she starts bluntly pushing him away. There is zero he can do to make her happy at this point. She's not going to tell him, hey, there's nothing you can do to make me happy, so just divorce me already. She is following the common cheating wife pattern of treating the husband with such disrespect that she actually gets more angry if he doesn't stand up to her and divorce her as she wants. Quote, I really started to resent him and I pulled away from him. I knew that it was hurting him, but I didn't care. If he didn't want to be hurt, then he would at least try to make me happy. I used that same thing to justify when I started talking to another guy at work. I thought he was just a friend but talking at work turned into texting at home and then pictures and videos and then trying to sneak some alone time with him i knew that it was wrong but it made me feel so alive and my husband had not made me feel alive like that in years i was tired of being unhappy and i was doing this for me and here it begins it didn't take long the must find a new and better mate to procreate with programming is off and running The rationalizations come out in full force. Quote, I was doing this for me. Back to her story. The worst was the night that I came home at a reasonable time and found that he had cleaned the whole house, cooked the whole family dinner, and picked out a movie for all of us to watch together. That would have made me swoon a couple of years earlier, but that night I couldn't even look at him and pretended to be sick. I spent the rest of the night in bed while he waited on me and checked on me and even made me different food and brought it to me in bed. It made me feel terrible. And then it made me angry that he made me feel that way. And by the end of the night, I was texting with the other guy. End quote. See, there's absolutely nothing he could do to stop the machine from running. Nothing. This is why reconciliation and trying to win your wife back is so fruitless. He would be much better off if you got a head start and began the process of self-care and rebuilding. He's wasting months and years he can't get back. Quoting her again, Over the next month or two from that night, it did not matter what he did. He was just wrong for breathing most days. He would get so upset with how I was treating him, and I would just wait and egg him on into losing it because I knew it would happen eventually. After most of the fights we had, he would apologize for whatever I told him he did wrong. I would usually find a way to make him feel even worse. I knew that I was right, but he was wrong, and that was all that mattered to me. End quote. She's pushing and pushing and pushing him away. This is the equivalent of kicking him in the balls and hating him for wincing in pain. She will do so until he either dies or comes to his senses. Back to her story, quote, I even pretended that I didn't care when he found out about my relationship with the guy from work. It really destroyed me inside to see him holding back tears, but I wasn't going to let him see that. He was at his weakest, and that was when I chose to tell him that I wanted a divorce. I could almost hear his heart shattering inside his chest. He talked and fought and said that we could work through it together. I really wasn't interested in fixing our marriage, but I mostly ended things with the other guy, but only because I knew that I could get it back if I wanted it. End quote. The brutal coldness of the cheating wife is always astounding. In her mind, there is no human lower than the man that she has deemed, quote, no longer worthy of being my partner. Their history together means absolutely nothing to quote I could see that he was trying and occasionally I would let him know but for the most part I kept being a huge bitch to him for any and all reasons that I could think of I'm not sure how much more the man could have done to make me happy besides finding a job that paid enough for me to not have to work at all He said that he was looking but looking and finding are two different things He was around it was around this time that I discovered this group and a few others I started posting things about him, from my perspective only, and I got so much positive feedback for how I was feeling, that I knew I was right. The more I posted, the more validation I got. It wasn't just me who knew the ex-husband wasn't worth keeping around. I had the whole internet telling me how terrible he is. I started saying awful things to him, and even outright ignoring him. I was so confident, with mine and everyone else's opinion, that I contacted a lawyer, and within a couple of weeks, I had filed for divorce. I continued to use this site and a couple of others to validate my feelings and for encouragement to go through with it, and finally was done. End quote. For the cheating wife, there is no shortage of validation and you-go-girl sentiment from her friends and strangers on the internet. She can do no wrong at this point. This drives the husband completely crazy. It's just human nature. Back to her story, quote, It went pretty smoothly. Ex-husband didn't ask for much besides to not get divorced and to try to, work all, try to work it all out. I didn't care about that, though. He was broken, but I was free. I could do whatever I wanted without having to feel any guilt or answer to anybody. It was an amazing feeling of freedom. It didn't last long, though. In the first month after he moved out, I missed garbage day three times. There was also rarely a single clean dish, and all the la- laundry sat in piles so long that I had to start doing the sniff test to see if it could be worn again. I also never saw my kids more miserable. My oldest had seen some of the messages from the other guy months earlier, and she knew that ex-husband still wanted to try and work it out. It didn't take her long to stop talking to me at all, except to say that she wanted to go to the ex-husband's house. The others all told me that they wanted to live with the ex-husband too. I did my best to try to make them happy, but I ended up just buying them toys all the time, and the happiness only lasted minutes. I also was having a lot of trouble with work. Being alone, I couldn't work all those extra hours that I was expected to. I finally gave in and started calling the ex-husband to watch the kids. He would always come over as soon as he could and he always asked me if I needed anything. When I would get home, I would find clean dishes and laundry and even dinner sometimes. He would never say too much after I got home. He would just say to call him if I needed anything and he would leave. One night, he took out the garbage and brought it to the curb because it was garbage night and I forgot again he always looked so sad when it was time to go. End quote. Oh God, this poor guy. This is a conditioned man. He's been kicked in the balls and spat on for so long, and yet he still believes that she is his one true love. But can you blame him? He's been told his whole life that this is the one thing he was to live for. In his mind, he failed. He failed at providing and maintaining a relationship. Everyone in the world is telling her that she's the bomb. In his mind, everyone seems to be conspiring to tell him how worthless he is he has to improve and nice his way out of this otherwise he is in fact the scum that everyone is making him out to be back to her story quote finally after a couple of months my friends convinced me to go out on a date it was for dinner and a movie and i was excited and hopeful but at dinner i started getting a feeling of overwhelming guilt it got so bad that i ended up not even going to the movie a week and about a million tears later I was on a therapist's couch. I told her everything that had happened, starting with the promotion that I got at work. She did not She did not agree with me or with any of the encouragement to divorce that I got. I ended up in her office two and sometimes three times a week. And the more that I talked to prove that I was right, the more that I started to see how wrong I was. It was truly heartbreaking. I don't know if I cried as much in my whole life as I, as I did in the first month in her office. End quote. I had a therapist tell me once, she said, I quote, I can't tell you how many times cheating wives have cried on that couch telling me that they couldn't believe what they did. They were acting completely out of control. Those same women were the ones that ended up doing it again and again and again. Back to her story. Quote, after about $2,000 of therapy sessions, I learned that my ex-husband had his faults, but I figured out that mine were so much worse. I did so many awful things and said awful things that I wouldn't want to be with me, but he did. I still remember him asking me in the meeting with the lawyer to please not go through with it. I did go through with it. And then later I bragged on here how great it felt. I was so wrong. And now I can see it. End quote. So it took $2,000 of therapy to elicit feelings of empathy. That is not a good thing. Back to her story. Quote, a couple of weeks ago, I went outside with him when he was leaving the house. I asked him about getting back together. When he looked at me, his eyes were full of tears, and a couple went down his cheeks. He told me he didn't know if he could. He said that the pain had been too much for too long, and that if we got back together, that I might just turn around and do it again. He said that he always thought that I would realize how much he loved me, and stop, up until I signed the divorce papers and I let out a big, over-exaggerated sigh of relief. He said that hurt him more than anything else, and that he doesn't know if he can ever trust me again. I don't blame him. I destroyed a man who, looking back, was a great husband. I deprived my kids of having a great father in the house with them, and I took his kids away from him. And me, the one who pushed for the divorce, expecting happiness and a life of freedom, spent all my free time sitting at home or sitting on a therapist's couch. End quote. Good for him. He's right. There's no way he can take her back because he's not sure if he can survive another heartbreak, and he knows that it won't be the only time she has feelings of doubt and ends up cheating again. It's in her nature. She is a cheating wife. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood. But none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on -on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.